When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk football. Uh, Raoul Borco, the uh, English Premier League, seesawing as far as uh, people on top of the ladder. Uh, Spurs earlier in the year, Man City had a long run, then Arsenal, then Liverpool. Now Arsenal again after uh, Manchester United and Liverpool had a draw while uh, Arsenal had a good 2-0 victory over the Brighton and Hove Albion uh, club. Uh, I can't think of a better person to help me decode what's going on with the EPL and football uh, issues closer to home. Our dear friend, it's been too long. Mr. Paul Eiffel, how are you, sir? Good morning. Very good. How are you? I'm well, mate. Have you been in the islands recently? Yes, went to the Solomon Islands for the Pacific Games, and then a couple of days after I got back, I had COVID, so I have been off the beaten path. Yeah, I've been, been in bed for a few days, unfortunately. Oh, no, I, I hope you're bouncing back okay. Um, how was that experience yeah, with the Solomons? I, I heard so many cool things about those Pacific Games from anyone who was there. Um, yes, there were some <laughs> cool things. Um, there were some... The living conditions were interesting. Um, I stayed at the uh, a university campus, and in my particular room there were seven of us Six of us, or six of the boys, were in single beds, and I was on a mattress on the floor with no aircon, um, and the power came on and off daily. So that was interesting, to say the least. Interesting. That that reminds yeah. me of when my brother uh, toured Latvia with the Dutch national rugby team, um, and I think they uh, got him involved in logistics, and they booked accommodation at what they thought was a swanky hotel. Um, they actually put themselves into a mental institution. Um, so it could, it could be worse. You know, the, the, those photos True. online can be a little bit misleading, can't they, Paul? Yeah, this, uh, this certainly was, unfortunately. It was, it was a very good tournament. It was a very good tournament. It was a very good games, actually. Um, yep. The new stadium over there is, is class. Um, the closing ceremony was, was brilliant. So there was lots to like about it. Uh, it was just my living conditions weren't particularly great, unfortunately. No, uh, that, that is not good to hear. Um, and, of course, being unwell. Um, hopefully you're bouncing back, as I, as, as I say, but I guess it's allowed you to keep up to play with what's been happening around the footballing world uh, when, you're, when you're lying a bit. The English Premier League season, I, I'm really confused, Paul. Help me out. Is, is it as wide open as recent sort of weeks are telling me? Um, I think it looks that way, but I still see that Man City... Arsenal and Liverpool will separate themselves from the rest. Mm. But that's yeah, still I mean, three, it's, though, it's isn't it? good for others. I think it's a three-horse race, yeah. Look, I, think, I think Villa are doing an unbelievable job, and it would be amazing to see them go deep. Um, you know, I remember a few years back, obviously, with, with Leicester, you thought, oh, they're going to they're gonna drop away eventually, and, and lo and behold, they didn't. But I do think there was, there was nobody then um, as strong as the likes of, you know, Arsenal, Man City, and Liverpool are now. So... I still think Villa are going to push on and might make the top four, but I don't see them winning it. They've been outrageous at home. Uh, recently beat Arsenal, where they really had to suffer for long periods. Prior to that, they beat Man City, where they wiped the floor with Man City in a way I haven't seen in a long, long time. But now they go and get a result this morning, wasn't it, um, at Brentford, scoring two late goals away from home. 
it's the away form's the key. So how long, like, like when is the date when Paul Eiffel goes, yes, they're in a title race? <laughs> um, I think it's, it's well into the new year. Well into the new year, I think that this this next period is massive um, in England. You know, you've got so many games um, in a short space of time, um, and suddenly you can go from being in the in the hunt to you know you you don't win in four games, and all of a sudden you're out of it come the new year. So, the Christmas period, the New Year period, really important. Um, the squads will be massively tested, and I think that's why you're seeing somebody like Newcastle, who were probably right in the hunt six weeks ago. Um, a few injuries now and they're not being talked about. So I think that could be Villa's fate if they don't manage this Christmas period well. Give us the players' perspective of this time of year. Um, you know, when Germany have a nice couple of weeks break now, the winter break, uh, the English players are flogged, aren't they? You know, how do you describe yeah. about how tough it is? Yeah, it's, it's funny because some players, it wasn't just a there wasn't an overall feeling like some players loved it and some players hated it. And I, I always remember playing in different teams and there'd be senior players that had actually worked out exactly when they needed to get their fifth yellow or a red <laughs> to miss a certain amount of games at Christmas. No, it was ridiculous. Like year after year after year, they had managed it because back in the past, I think it's still the same, but it was five yellows and you miss a game. Um, so everybody was trying to miss the boxing day game. Um, but I used to love, I used to love it. I used to think I used to love playing on the 26th and then playing on the 28th and then playing on New Year's Eve or, or New Year's Day. The more games, the merrier, you know. Because tra- I, I found training sometimes boring um, in those periods because you couldn't do much. You weren't allowed to do much because you were at games. So it's like just get the games on, let's go. But yeah, there were some that were trying to make sure that they had those those cards in the bank. I think as well. If we, I think it used to be if you got seven or eight yellows, it was a two two game ban. If you could time that right, you could get Boxing Day and the 28th off. So you weren't seen over Christmas, which was, which was perfect for some. Would you like to... I'll give you a chance to correct your line that you sometimes didn't like training. Would you like to correct that? Um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by that. It depends, <laughs> you're so, you're, you'll stick with that. Yeah, well, it depends who was taking the training, and it depends what we were doing. Um, okay. I, I was one that didn't like to stand around listening to... To coaches that I suppose I didn't believe in, and I had a few of them, and I had some very good coaches that I was happy to stand around and listen to because I felt I was going to be, you know, learning. It's crazy, to, but here's me thinking: so you get a yellow card, you're suspended for Boxing Day. Does the club not force you to go and support your team? Like you literally can stay at home. No, <laughs> that just doesn't literally, seem right. Literally at home. Yeah, you're literally, you're literally at home. It, it was in my day. Look, things might might well have changed. Yeah, might talking be. a good few few years ago now. But certainly, if it was an away game, you know, I, I remember playing for Millwall, and you know, you'd have an away game somewhere far away on on Boxing Day, so you'd be in the hotel overnight on Christmas Christmas Eve, and nobody wanted that. So, you know, a lot of the senior boys would have timed it really well, and then they'd be told to stay at home, and we'd, we'd see you in a couple of days. Problem with problem for Kevin Muscat for. Five yellow yeah, cards yeah. by December twenty fifth. Like that—that's yeah, way too <laughs> no. much time. He, he was exactly. already on ten, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on eight, eight or eleven. I think it used to be. <laughs> I think if you got to eleven, it was more games, and you got to thirteen, it was a tribunal. So, yeah, he was—he um, was—he was always up and back to the uh, to the FA. That's for sure. Okay, help me pick a path through the three that you've named. Let's get back to a serious topic. Man City. When do we get really concerned about them? One win in. Five, three draws, a win, and a loss. Um, yes, they get Kevin De Bruyne back. 
Erling Haaland's been in and out the last couple of weeks. But they don't look as sort of convincing, do they? Uh, is it time to worry? Or you believe in Pep like you tend to? I, I always believe in Pep. I think he's had a little bit of uh, a time recently. I mean, obviously having to point it out is, is massive. Um, they lost Gundogan um, over the summer and it's not quite working, but I think you get the pointer back. Um, then all of a sudden, Haaland probably starts, starts kicking on again. Um, and he's been quite quiet for him. Um, I just think they'll find a way. And I think, again, Pep knows how to navigate this, this Christmas period. So I think, you know, you'll come out of it into the new year and you'll be probably thinking how they managed to do this. And there'll be, there'll be a couple of points clear at the top of the table again. So I, I'm not worried yet. If they get into the new year and they are not you know, first or second, then I sort of start thinking what's happening there. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal and Liverpool, what questions, if any, do they need to resolve if they are to, to lift the trophy? <sighs> still, I'm still not convinced Arsenal have got an out-and-out centre-forward that is just going to, you know, do the business week in, week out. And I think they, they're a really, really good side. They they rely heavily on the likes of Sacco and, and Martinelli and people like that. And obviously Gabriel Jesus, who's, who's come out and said he's not a natural goal scorer. Um, Havertz has done well over the last few weeks. Can that continue? Um, I, I think they do well with what they've got, um, but I don't know if it's enough to sort of maintain um, a spot above the likes of City and, and Liverpool long term. Right. All right, interesting stuff. Uh, Paul Eiffel is with us. We don't need to ask him about the bottom. Uh, the three promoted sides are going straight back down. That seems pretty obvious, uh, doesn't it, uh, Paul? Unless Nottingham Forest completely implode, but I think there's too much quality in that squad. All right, let's go closer to home. The A-Leagues, uh, disappointing weekend for the Wellington Phoenix women. What a way to you know, stunt momentum, lose to the bottom place team. You know, uh, you've got to get over those type of losses quickly, don't you? You do, and, and I think uh, we looked good value for the win. I thought we had enough chances. Um... Obviously, they've been playing some really good stuff, but um, I think if you take a step back and go, would you have taken this at the start of the season? I think we would have. Um, I think Paul Temple's done a very good job. I think a lot of the players he's brought in and, and brought through um, and turned around, really, um, have done a really, really good job. So it's, it's good to see the likes of Emma Main scoring goals now as well. Macy Fraser's looked like a revelation. I mean, she's been in and around the scene for a long time and fantastic player, but she's playing really well at the minute. So I, I think they'll bounce back, um, but you don't want too many results like that, especially when you outplay the other team and, and don't come on the right side of it. You're dropping to fourth in the ladder, four points behind the league leaders, uh, Perth. For the Wellington Phoenix men, disappointing result last time out, uh, losing to Newcastle heavily at home by three goals to nil. Um, you know, what did you make of that? Was that a sign, perhaps, that the results in the six previous games weren't quite uh, revealing enough of their true nature? Yeah, I, I think the next one tonight will tell you that. It's, um, I think they've been a little lucky. I think Cheapy's done a great job, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think even he has been one to say, well, you know, yeah, we're going well, but, you know, don't think this is how it's going to go all season. So, um, fantastic start. Um, I think they really need to make sure they bounce back tonight, which is going to be difficult given that Oscar Zavada's not playing. So, um, wouldn't surprise me if Oscar Zavada was, was to leave in January as well. Um, so, hopefully they've got a plan in place to, uh, to replace him. Okay, you don't throw things out like that without knowing something. What do you know? <laughs> no, I just think that the way things are going, there's been so many rumours over the summer um, and some of the things he, he said, um, I'm going by that. I think um, there's been a few interviews where he's talked himself up and said he feels he's the best striker in the league. 
And I think if you feel like you're the best striker in the league and, and you're in a team that is not expected to, to go and win things, um, you'll be looking to move on. And I know there's a lot of interest um, for him from, from Europe over the, over the off-season. And I would imagine that hasn't, hasn't calmed down any with the way he started. He still looks like he knows where the back of the net is, doesn't he? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, the, the sort of Zlatan Ibrahimovic of the A-League. I do love his self-assuredness. Uh, it's fantastic. But the Phoenix can't let him go for nothing, right? They'll have to get a transfer fee. Oh, look, yeah, you'd like to think so because he's going to be really, really, really difficult to replace. Um, you know, he, he came in with very little fanfare, um, a pretty poor record, and then he was unbelievable. Um, and, and hasn't stopped scoring since. He's been brilliant. So um, they've got to get a good chunk of money in to be able to get somebody else in. Without him, though, uh, I don't want to think about it because they look pretty blunt as it is. Ten goals in seven games. That is the concern. They look far more sort of d- defensively secure. I think Wooten's had a really good season, but the goalkeeper's been ridiculous, isn't he? I'm not sure if that's, that's him for the rest of his career. <laughs> I'd love it if, it if it is, but they've got to find a way to score more regularly, right? Yeah, that's that's my worry. I don't think it's sustainable. I think Paulson's been unbelievable, and if, if, he, if that is him, that's the level... Um, for his career, he's not going to be around long either because he's been fantastic. Um, long may that continue. It's, it's been great, but yeah, I, I think defensively they've been really, really sound. Um, they've rode their luck at times, um, but if they don't start scoring more, it's it's going to you know start turning around, and that's probably the worry for me. Uh, we, we know we're getting a second A-League club in Auckland, but uh, chat over the weekend, I think it was out of the press in Christchurch, Tony Smith, uh, on stuff talking about uh, the prospects of people in Christchurch who I think you've, you've had connections with uh, and know well, uh, you know, waving their arms up, going, hey, uh, let's not forget uh, about us down the line. Now, I have no idea what the A-League's thinking with regard to, to longer-term expansion, but the notion of a South Island A-League franchise, Paul, what does it make you think, having coached down there? I won't say too much, but I know that it is in the pipeline. I know that um, the A-League actually are interested in, the, in it happening. So I think as long as the Auckland franchise gets up and running and does a half-decent job even, um, I think Christchurch will be next. Um, it would make sense that Christchurch United are involved, given that you know um, the owner there, Slava, um, has enough money to kind of back that. I think he'd be looking to be a majority shareholder and he'd be looking to yes. get people in. Um, but he's talked about a South Island club, which I think is a good idea. Um, I don't think it should be just be Christchurch. I think if you can galvanise all the people in the whole of the South Island, then you might get that support that you're looking for. And that would be pretty cool to have three teams from New Zealand in the A-League. Well, you got, you're going to have a great stadium in Christchurch. Hopefully they can play there. You've got a pretty darn fine one in uh, Dunedin. Um, so what are we talking about? Two years? Three years? Four years? As he, as he tries I'm to pick up this little scare? Because you obviously know yeah, more I'm, than I do. Yeah, I'm thinking a couple. I'm thinking a couple of years. I think if, you, if you obviously Auckland goes well, like I said, next year, um, then I think you could be looking at a year after that or maybe two. So within, within three years, I'm hopeful that there's three. Um, and I think it could. I think it could be done. I, I don't see why not. I think there's enough enough people that would want to get behind it. But again, it all comes back to as long as Auckland are doing well, as long as the Phoenix continue to to do well, then I think um, the A League are going to get right, right behind it. God, do you see the irony of Australia being all in on New Zealand now, considering how they've treated the Phoenix <laughs> at times over the years? It's quite funny, isn't it? It is a massive turnaround. Okay, give some advice to the Auckland club yet. Yeah. You might want to say, I'm available to coach. Do you want to say that? 
<laughs> no, I don't. Not yet. I'm not ready yet. Wellington Olympic few, is next football. Years, Eiffel. Is yeah, next uh, good luck. Indeed, yeah. yeah, good luck. Um, uh, Olympic uh, had, had a great year, and now you're with them. But, okay, you came into the A-League. Oh, God, it was the second year of the Phoenix or the third? Second? I think it was, no, I think it was the third, 2009. Third, third year of the Wellington Phoenix, still in its embryonic phase. What does this Auckland club need to do that maybe the Phoenix didn't? Um, I don't know if the Phoenix didn't do this, but I think they need a coach that understands the uniqueness of the A-League. I think they need a coaching team that understands the uniqueness of New Zealand football. Um, I think they need a marquee that will obviously use this word a lot today, but galvanise the local community. You know, you need a you need a Chris Wood type signing, I think, as your first marquee. So, you know, I'm hearing that it sounds like there's Steve Corica is in the mix, Chris Greenacre is in the mix. If you went Corica and Greenacre and Chris Wood as your first signing, um, I think you're nearly there. Chris is ready. Hey, you know, um, the, you know, you, you are a good mate Chris, with him, right? You, oh, Greeny? Are you talking about Greeny or, or Wood? Yes. No, no. Greeny. Chris Wood's off contract in June, but he's. Yep. I, I'd be. I'd be surprised if he's ready to u- leave Europe just yet. Maybe a year or two further down the line. But you will make Chris Greenacre. Is he ready? Steve Corrick has got experience in the A League. His, his resume is pretty compelling. He has a relationship with uh, McFlynn, the new director of football there. But what about Greenacre? I, I would go with Corica and Greenacre. Um, Corica as head coach and Greeny as assistant. Um, that's just my call, but I would love to see Greeny get it. Love to see Greeny get it. I think he, I think he's ready. I think he's absolutely ready. Brilliant stuff. Gee, time is yeah. flying by. I, I've got to wind this up. Uh, we could keep going, Paul, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want you to uh, you know feel weak and out of energy as you're only just uh, recovering <laughs> from uh, ill health. Um, apparently the new stadium is ready in April 2026 so in Christchurch so who knows mate who knows there you go it it could all time up it could all time up quite nicely Uh, what do you want for your sporting Christmas Paul I'll get you out on this one what do I want what do I want I want my new players at Wellington Olympic to have a light Christmas when I say light I mean light on the turkey light on the, light on the beers and, and come back ready for um, we have a playoff against Auckland City obviously to get into the O-League I've never coached or played in the O-League so that would be a great Christmas present for all of us um, after the season that they have had I'm not going to claim any part of the season they've had um, but I'd like to be able to hit the ground running when we get back in, in, in January um, outside of that I suppose I'd love to I'd love to the Kiwis that have had tough, tough times of late to to be back fit. Like Isapreet Singh, I want to, I want him to be fit. Yeah, I think he's a fantastic player. Somebody like that, I think he's had a really tough time. Let's get Isapreet Singh fit. I don't know how we're going to do that, but that's my that's a Christmas wish of mine as well. Good on you, Paul. Really appreciate it. I'll do you a favour. I'll go down to the Greek cafe in Kilburnie and buy every bit of Baklavari here at Christmas <laughs> like I always do. Uh, all right, Thanks, mate. mate. You, t- <laughs> you take it easy. Uh, all Thanks, the best mate. to you and the family, mate. Uh, look after yourself, and, you. and we'll catch up with you in the new year. Cheers, Matt.